uh, out of the Gospel of Matthew today. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. I know there was a few key stories I could have chosen, but the Lord led me to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, so you may see something slightly different, but believe me, it's the same God. Amen. Amen. And it reads, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, and before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call him name, his name Jesus, for he will save us, save his people from their sins. Verse 22 says, All this took place to fulfill the Lord, uh, what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. 23 says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I I thought about this, and and we we try to like to draw a a title from the text. And so this is my first time getting to the privilege of preaching a Christmas Eve service. Amen? Amen. So for those of you taking notes, for those of you that are writing things down, the title of the sermon tonight is Merry Giftmas. Merry Giftmas. Amen? So family, as we sit here tonight, gathered together on Christmas Eve to worship, to celebrate, and to be in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, we recognize that we are children of the Word, but we're also people in the world. And as people of the world and children of the world, um, we celebrate this holiday we call Christmas. And when we celebrate it as families, there's usually one or two stories that, is, uh, that we read to our families as tradition on this night. Now, the first story, of course, is the gospel story. And some families read from the gospel of Matthew. Some read from the gospel of Luke. The story is the same, but, but Luke writes with a little more detail. Luke writes as a physician would write. He fills in the blanks where uh, Matthew just kind of gets to the point. Amen. In Luke's description, you you picture Mary being pregnant, very pregnant, on her way to Bethlehem with her husband to be to to, to take place of uh, to be part of the census, and then you see that there's no room for them, and they're and they're in the manger, and that the King of Glory has to be born in a dirty manger. The Christ Child is wrapped in swaddling clothes among the residents of that manger, and the story that Luke tells um, ends up with the shepherds. Uh, hearing the, the, the voices of the angels of the Lord, and they ended with these angelic words. They said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Now, the second story is probably pretty familiar to you as well, and, and this is the story of the word, world. And it goes something like this. "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse." Right? See, you know it. Amen. <laughs> The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds with visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads. 
Mama in her kerchief and my, um, I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster to the midday objects below. When what to my wandering eyes should appear? A miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. Thank you, Pastor. Now, you know, there, there, there's several more verses in that, in, that, in that story detailing the visit by St. Nicholas and what he's coming to do. And this whole story culminates with one famous line. It says, Happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. Now, those aren't the words of angels, but there's similarities in the stories. Amen? Both of these stories have become ingrained in our families as we celebrate Christmas. You usually see the families, they'll gather around the Christmas tree, around the dinner table. Maybe the kids, as they're getting tucked in bed, the, the story is read and memories are grown. And as we grow older, the, the, these memories we have become more and more cherished. And we, we, we hold them fondly and they become a part of how we celebrate Christmas and, and what we understand the celebration of the Christmas season to be. But I'm here to remind you, family, that, that one of these stories is of the word and the other is of the world. Amen? One is of the world and one is of the word. And regardless of which story that you read to your children, which story you heard as you were growing up, they both have a, two common themes that are represented in each story. They're the anticipation of a gift to come and the gift itself. So my family, if, if you know how we do things here at New Beginnings, I got two points for you tonight. The first point is the anticipation of the gift. The second point is the gift that was given. Amen? Shall we begin? Amen. Point number one, the anticipation of the gift. The biblical Christmas story begins with Joseph considering, pondering, and wondering about the news that he heard from his betrothed wife, Mary. He heard that she was a virgin, but she was pregnant. And not only did she claim that she was a virgin and was pregnant, she told him she was pregnant because the Holy Spirit came upon her, that the power of the highest God overshadowed her. So not only she was pregnant, she was a virgin, she was pregnant by God, but she would also give birth to the Son of God. Can you imagine what would be going through Joseph's mind? How do you make that stuff up? I guess you couldn't, you know? And so... so as he pondered about this, he wanted to, re he wanted to respond in his flesh. That, that's what we do as humans. He wanted to respond in his flesh. The word says that he wanted to give her a divorce. But at least he had the, the, the class to do it quietly. But the Bible says that he chose to consider these things. He chose to ponder about the news, to think about what she had said. And as a result of his reflection upon Mary's words, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And the angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife, for that which she has conceived with her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son. Matthew further narrates, and he says that this was all done in order for the words of the prophet to take place. He said, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And so after the angel spoke, do you know what happened? Verse 24 says that Joseph woke up from his sleep and he obeyed the commandments of the angel of the Lord and that changed the course and the action of his life and he took Mary as a wife. Now why would he do this, family? 
why would he decide to knowingly and willingly submit himself, his wife, and his family to ridicule and shun? Well, simply put, I believe that he believed the Word of God. And because he believed the Word of God, he had an expectation and an anticipation that God was going to do something special. God was going to do what he said he was going to do. He was going to give them a son, and that this son would be a gift like no other gift that had ever come before. Joseph had an anticipation that God was going to do something supernatural, and that something special with this great and glorious gift. And, 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 and I, what I like is Pastor Bokel told us on Sunday that, that Joseph decided to stay right where he was at. He decided to stay the course no matter what it looked like on the service. He chose to stay there, right there in that marriage, in that family, and in God's will. So again, I asked myself, why would Joseph do this? I, I'm putting myself in Joseph's shoes. I'm wondering, why would he do this? Again, I believe he had that anticipation that God was going to bring the gift. After all, this was the gift that the angel told uh, the, the gift that the angel told him about. It wasn't new news. This is news that had been told before, right? This is news that came from the prophet Isaiah many years before. This was the gift that had been talked about for generations. It was the gift that was foretold would come from a virgin, right? So there had to have been some anticipation in Joseph's heart that he was going to have this front row, center stage, seat ticket to seeing the unfolding of God's prophetic work in the flesh. It was the anticipation of what to come, and it wasn't a new concept for the entire Jewish community. For generations, they had anticipation and expectation that God was going to do what God promised he would do. Because God is a covenant-keeping God. He has kept each and every promise that he's ever made. And so they waited with patient anticipation that the gift of the coming Messiah, they would come and he would deliver them from their bondage once again. The Jews were anticipating the Messiah. They were anticipating a new king, the one that was to come and to save them and to save his people. You know, but they had it a little bit wrong. They expected the Messiah to come and set up a new worldly kingdom, right? It was a worldly kingdom where they would rule rather than being ruled over. They felt that they were going to be no longer oppressed and that they would be the oppressor. They missed it a little bit, but again, they had the anticipation that the Messiah was coming. They had that expectation because they believed the words of the prophet that were spoken were the true word of God. They believed the man of God that stood up and said, Thus saith the Lord. Right? For generations, they heard the stories of how God had delivered them from so many hardships. If I were to call roll, I would say Abraham, Isaac, and the ram in the bush. If I were to continue to call roll, I would talk about their history of Egypt with Pharaoh. I would talk about the ten plagues. I would talk about how the parting of the Red Sea. I would talk about the stories of the manna in the morning. And as Pastor Wilson says, chicken at night, chicken at night. There were stories of deliverance from the death angel. They celebrated that each and every year at the, uh, the, the Passover celebration. And in each and every one of these stories, no matter which one it was, they all showed God in his faithfulness. They showed that God was a promise keeper. They showed that God said what he would do and did what he would say. So when the prophets foretold of God's work to come, they just had that anticipation 
that it would be the same as God always has been. Not only did they hear that prophecy in Isaiah uh, that, that a virgin would be born, but in chapter 9, uh, they understood that gift would bring them a new rule, a new king, and a new peace. Chapter 9 of Isaiah, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and a government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That was a promise that they were looking forward to. That was the promise that they waited in anticipation because they believed the word of God. And because the word of God meant something to them. Family, it's, it's, it's exactly this history of hearing and seeing and believing God's word, God's promises, his provision, his deliverance, that, that I believe that Joseph had no problem with accepting what the angels had said to him. I'm convinced that, that Joseph, he might not have before anticipated it, but he certainly did now because the angels spoke to him. And, and, and that's why he went with the plan. That's why he kept the family together. That's why he stayed right where he was at in that marriage and in that family. Because Joseph had an anticipation of God. Can I ask a question, family? Is there anyone here that has an anticipation or expectation of the gift of God he's given in Jesus Christ? I mean, to tell you, if his promises were good 2,000 years ago, if they were good 3,000 years ago, if they were good 4,000 years ago, they're certainly good for us today. Can I ask you another question? What are you anticipating God to do in your life? If you're a child of God, if you're a born-again, blood-washed believer, why don't you expect God to do great things in your life? Are you the one that he's forsaken? Are you the one that he's poured out a stale, old, recycled mercy? Are you the one that, that, that he's left? Are you the one that he's taken that eternal salvation and, and, and thrown it away? No, not a single one of you are. Because why? Because none of those are in God's covenant and God's character. My brothers and my sisters, God has saved you for a purpose, and he has also gifted you for a purpose. So I ask, what are you anticipating that God is going to do in you and through your life? What are you waiting for to make a decision upon what God's word has told you? All it took for Joseph was that waking moment. He woke up and he obeyed. So what do you need, family? What do you need to obey God? Do you need an angel to come down and tell you something in a dream? Do you need to, someone to come and tell you, don't be afraid? Well, I'm here to tell you, Matthew 28, 5 says, The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus. Luke chapter 1, verse 30 says, But the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Luke chapter 2 verse 10 said, And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy. You want to go old school? Let's take it to Genesis. Genesis 26, 24 says, To Isaac God said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Family, if you needed to hear, do not be afraid. There it is. It's right in God's word. He's told you, don't be afraid. 
Don't let fear rob you from your faith and keep you from anticipating anything that God desires to do in your life and anything that God wants to give you in your life through the gift of Jesus Christ. Point number two. I'm moving along. Point number two, the gift that was given. Now, at this point in the message, family, I think it should be clear that the gift that they anticipated was none other than Jesus, right? Does anybody disagree with me? Oh, praise God. Amen. So now if we get to point two, we look back at verses 21 through 23, and it says, she will bear a son. We just talked about that. That's the gift, Jesus, right? And it says, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this all took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Verse 23, behold... The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. We talked about that as well. That's the gift, right? And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So again, the gift indeed was and is Jesus Christ. And when I look at uh, these two specific things uh, in these last two verses, I see important things to note about the gift that God has given to us. Number one is, the son would be called Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, once again, if you were here on Sunday at 8 o'clock, Pastor Bokel had, had, had helped me out with some word study. And uh, he would have told you that, that, that the gift, uh, his name was Jesus, uh, in the Hebrew, Yeshua, or Yehoshua, uh, uh, which means Yahweh saves. And, and because I got that tidbit from my brother, Pastor Bokel is officially a friend of my library. Amen? I got another doctor in there. (laughs) But what that means is Yahweh saves. It means that we are not saved on our own. God saves us. As humanity, we have tried to save ourselves through many years of attempted obedience, through many years of sacrifice, but we simply couldn't keep the law, and we fell short each and every time. In order for us to be redeemed of our sins, in order for us to have a a right relationship with God, in order for it to be restored, we had to be saved of our sins. The covering of our sins with the blood of a sacrifice wasn't enough to save us. In order for our sins, for us to be saved of our sins, a payment was needed. Remittance was required. They needed to be washed away. They needed to be removed forever. We needed a Savior. Now, the second part that I see here is that comes from verse 23. And this is the second part of the gift. And it says, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So not only is his name Jesus, Yahweh saves, but it's also Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That's good news, family. You should be shouting, right? God is with us. God himself came down. To walk with us, to talk with us, to live with us, to redeem us, to change us, to be with us. God Almighty came down from heaven, put on flesh so that he could be with us. Because there was no way we could reach him on our own. God didn't come down to tabernacle with elephants and monkeys. He didn't come to rescue the creation of the world itself. He came to save his people from their sins. And he came to be with us. Family, we've been given a gift that was promised so long ago. It was promised all the way back in Genesis 3. 
It was that gift that was promised that would crush the head of the deceiver, right? It was that gift that the world was watching and waiting for. It was the, wor- the gift that the world had wanted for for such a long time. And that was the gift of God being with us. You know what the most marvelous part about the gift of God being with us and saving us from our sins? It's knowing that our gift of eternal salvation can never be lost. It's a gift that we didn't earn. It's a gift that we didn't work for. And it's a gift that we certainly didn't deserve. You know, the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith and that it is not of our own doing. It is a gift of God. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what's the gift, family? Jesus. Okay. Are we gonna, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll count that as a practice question, right? What was the gift, family? Jesus. Who was the gift, family? Why did he come? All right, that's 100%, amen? If you know that Jesus was the gift, if you know that Jesus came to save us from our sins, then you would know that he is the only way, the only way for us to qualify having our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He is the only way for us to be saved for our sins and to be with God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. What a precious and glorious gift we get to open. Salvation, eternal life, and God with us. That's a great gift. That's a great gift. Now, I'll tell you that the gift of Jesus is is not at all like the gifts that some of us will open either later tonight or, or tomorrow morning, right? The gift of Jesus comes with everything that we need salvation, redemption, and God being with us, all wrapped up in one package, all wrapped up in the flesh of Jesus Christ. There was no need to go searching anywhere else for the rest of the gift. There was no need to hunt for another size or or a bunch of batteries or whatever is needed to make salvation work because our salvation comes from Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. It's a gift. Now, sure, Jesus isn't here with us physically today, but family, we still have God with us. God is with each and every one of us uh, that is a blood-washed believer in Jesus Christ because Jesus also gave us a gift. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was born as Emmanuel, God with us, back with Joseph and Mary. The disciples walked with them. The apostles walked with them. Emmanuel, God with us, was with them. And we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Emmanuel, God is with us today. Emmanuel. So, I'm almost done. I know my time is short. But as we reflect upon this time of year, it's natural that we look at some of the difficult times in our lives. The holidays are a tough time, and, and the world kind of beats us down. The world kicks us around, right? And this is a time when we reflect about um, family members that have gone home before us. Maybe we think about family members that, 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 that have died and never knew Jesus. We know where their destination is. They're lost. They're separated from God forever because they didn't accept the gift. 
This time of the year is when, when things like loneliness and depression rear their ugly heads and, and twist us around. It, it's a time of the year where, where our, our shopping lists are longer than our bank accounts. It's a time of year when families act up because selfishness is working within us. But I'm here to tell you, family, take heart because God is with us. Are you struggling with a loss tonight? God is with you. Are you hurting with a broken heart? God is with you. Are you trapped by sin? God is with you. Are you stuck in depression? God is with you. Is your marriage falling apart? God is with you. Do you have a wayward child? God is with you. Finances not where you want them to be? God is with you. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. God is with you and with you and with you and with you. He's with you, my sister, with you, my brother. He's with you, my pastor. He's with you, my dad. He's with you, Sister Morgan. He's with all of us. Amen? Emmanuel. That's the gift. God with us. And as I come to my close family, I'm so glad that God doesn't give gifts the way that we do. I'm so glad that the gifts of God come because of His love for us and not because we've been a little more nice than we've been naughty. Because that's a reward, that's not a gift, amen? The rewards we get when we be up in heaven. We'll walk the streets of gold. We'll have that long robe, amen? We'll have a crown. Those are rewards we're storing up in heaven. The gift here is Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that God didn't give us the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ based on our behavior and on our works. I'm glad that we didn't have to do anything to earn this gift. I'm glad that God came down because that's just the kind of God that He is. When we couldn't reach up, He reached down. I'm so glad that God canceled our debt, set aside the judgment of the law by nailing it to the cross. I'm so glad that if anyone here is in Christ, they are a new creation. That the old has passed away and that the new has come. I'm so glad that Jesus paid it all. And all to Him I owe. The song says, sin had left a crimson stain, but He, He washed it white as snow. So family, tonight, as we celebrate the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry on this earth, as we celebrate the promise that, that we can be moved from sinner to saint, all we have to do is confess, repent, and believe. You know, it wasn't the birth of Jesus that saves us and secures us, but that was a new beginning for each and every one of us. The new beginning was that Jesus Christ was born of that little virgin girl in that manger in Bethlehem. The, 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 the new beginning was that it began as a gift wrapped in swaddling clothes when there was no room for them in the inn. The gift is that what, what the angels told the shepherds and that how the angels praised God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. As Jesus grew and as He grew and He lived a perfect and sinless life, He always resisted temptation, never once falling into the flesh we can see the picture of our gift slowly becoming unwrapped. He called men and women into repentance and into discipleship. He taught and he healed. And tonight, as we celebrate the beginning of this earthly work, this earthly journey, you know that journey. 
The one that got an innocent man arrested. Got an innocent man convicted. An innocent man beaten. That journey that included scourging, spitting, and suffering. All part of the unwrapping of our gift. That journey of carrying that cross up Calvary's hill. That gift. Our gift. He took nails to, our, to his hands and nails to his feet. Our precious gift had a crown of thorns pressed upon his head. A spear to his side. It was that one and only gift that was able to take upon all the sins of all the world for all time and to declare it is finished. It was that gift that hung his head and he died. It was our gift who was buried in a borrowed tomb who defeated uh, death. And it was our gift that was given once again early that Sunday morning. We got that second gift when God the Father raised him from the dead. Our gift was completely unwrapped and opened for us. It's the gift of Jesus Christ that saved us then, that saves us now, and saves us forever. What a gift. Merry gift, myth family. Let us pray. Holy Father God, we thank you tonight. We thank you that we have the ability to, to worship you, Lord. To worship you freely, O oh God. To thank you and praise you for the gift of our eternal salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. We know that tomorrow isn't the actual day that, that he came from Mary's womb. But it's the day that we celebrate his advent. His coming to save us for our sins. So I pray tonight, God, that as we ponder as we wonder, as we consider, O oh God, that you would speak to us, that you would show us, O oh Master, what it is that we need to know as believers. And then for the one that's here tonight, God, that's not a believer, God, I pray that you would open their hearts, that as they ponder, as they wonder, as they consider, O oh God, that your word would fill their heart, that they would be saved, they would accept that gift, and we would all worship together. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you. Oh, Lord, we love you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen.